fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who know that Delta 8 is not a flight number. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi there, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 457. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. This is the Lions season in the balance. And it's coming hard. I'm your host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff the Riz Risen. How are you doing, brother? I'm ready to come hard, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, you listened to the intro music, did you? <laughs> the intro music, I felt like I was in a cameo video or something. I kept waiting for my cod piece to drop from the sky. <laughs> Tell me you know who cameo is. People, know. you know who cameo is, right? Word, Word up. up. <laughs> yeah. Great cover by corn, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so today's I, show. I'm actually so I have, to, I have to break this down real fast. This is the first beer I've had in since before we did the St. Jude's Telethon. Uh, I have been uh, digestively incapacitated uh, and I got cleared, so I'm enjoying this with y'all. So, cheers, Canadian beer, of course. But wow, beggars can't be choosers. That's all I had later on. I got Yingling traditional lager, I think it's the oldest, nice America's oldest brewery. There you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to old school. Well, when that became available in Ohio, my family went nuts. My brother-in-law went Did to the that? store and bought like eight cases. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay. We have got a great show for you. We've got a lot to cover. We're going to talk about, we're going to review the Bears game because we need a moment. We need a moment to just kind of enjoy, enjoy enjoy and then from there we're going to talk about damar hamilton because we got to have a little bit of seriousness in our lives uh we're talking about draft news we're going to review the injury report and we're going to preview the packers game and a whole lot more we got a wonderful show lined up for you are you ready to go riz oh yeah let's do it let's kick this off and break it down all right Woo. Let's get this on. Let's get it going on. We got it going on. Um, listen to that other guy too much. Um, lot <laughs> to talk about today, man. Um, let's start first off. Um, I want to talk about um, some accessibility updates we've done. Um, if you guys have friends who have issues, um, maybe some uh, hearing disabilities or inability to hear at 100% or anything like that, um, we've done really upped our game on the accessibility side to help with the um the transcriptions on the bottom of the screen and for folks that you know when you're in a loud work environment or whatever you can't you know put on headsets or whatever you can watch just watch the show and the, and the this the transcriptions across the bottom are going to be a lot better than the standard youtube ones it'll be it'll, they don't come in till a couple hours after the show but they'll be there and um not only that for those the the english speakers but if you have folks who speak another language who like football but can't quite get into the content that's out there because it's all english we're adding we're gonna have 19 languages of transcriptions available for our shows for you guys every so this is for everybody wow. listen to this we're gonna have arabic chinese danish dutch english french german hungarian hindi um hawaiian indonesian italian japanese korean uh, malay portuguese russian spanish and swedish available for folks who are into football 
There was a couple others we wanted to do, but we didn't because they weren't available ones. But we do have Guam covered. And that was the one thing I want to make sure as we had our, our Guam! <laughs> Guam covered up. So there you go. We're doing some work time. to be inclusive and make sure that everybody can take part in the show because we care about you all. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get going here. We got a lot going on. We want to we want to absolutely get to what Nostradamus is talking about here after the mother F and P. And we will get to that. But first, got to talk about the Bears game. And Riz, I want to set this up really quick. I'll, I'll let you kind of do the, the chatty chat from here. But the team was universally bad against the Panthers across the board. They were flat. They just couldn't deliver what we wanted from a football team in a football game. It was it was a terrible, terrible team game. The opposite was so, so true against the Bears. Yes, the Bears are a bad team. We, we, we know that. But, 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 but. They were out there as one, and I don't think anything illustrated that more than Jared Goff running down the sideline when uh, Jamal Williams had that ball and was looking to get the Barry Sanders record tied. That was so great to watch how excited he was for uh, for Jamal. That was that was just they were out there as one. It really was, and, and I'm so glad the same man captured those in the slow lights and, and featured that. Uh, yep. Good job, buddy. You know, it was that was exactly what we needed as a Lions fan base, but also for the team. Like, because you know, Dan Dan talked about you know the need to rebound, um, and I, I know they stress that you know you've got to put a bad game behind you. And Carolina was a very bad game at a very inopportune time, but to come out and do what they did, how they did it to Chicago, yeah, just a Thorough dominant. After the first two drives, Chicago got five first downs the rest of the game. <laughs> that's that's impressive. Uh, you hold Justin Fields and um, and his wide receiving core. And by the way, Tom Kennedy, who's not on the Lions roster, would be the wide receiver one in Chicago. So you don't want to like like I know that you're you're beating up a defenseless animal, but you've got to beat the up the, the defenseless animal. Like you got to bury it. You got to. You got you got to skin that armadillo, man. That's what you got to do, and they did it. What good teams do? They they take care of bad teams, and I have never felt better about the Lions as a quality organization um, since I've been doing this show. Say since since because of what happened Sunday, because they did. Ex- it's a very bad time for the SOL people, and I. <laughs> Cannot stress enough how gleeful that makes me that those SOL people are clutching their pearls. Where do I go now? They didn't they didn't show their nocebo. Wow, crap. Where do what do I do? How do I this negative? Like I can I can feel their negative energy and their 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 frantic sense of loss because the team's good and they played good. And I hope those people have a really rotten new year. Um, yeah, or absolutely. I'll, I'll give I'll give them the olive branch. You, you've got a choice of the olive branch. I'll either extend it to you, and you can get on board and be happy with what you got. Or I'm going to beat your fucking ass with it. That's that's your choice with the olive branch. The SOL oh. crap needs to stop. And Sunday was why. If you're still clinging to that after that, go the hell away. Go root for Green Bay because that's the kind of team that you want. So you're saying that the olive branch is a switch if they're not careful. <laughs> Damn straight, man. It's like 
like when I was in high school, so a brief diversion here. Um, I dated my minister's daughter, which is never a good thing to do. Uh, and uh, as on Palm Sunday one year, you know how they walk down and you know they, he's flinging the, the palms. He whacked me across the face with it. I actually, I still have a little bit of a scar like right here from it. That was like in 1988. Uh, and uh, I. Like you can, you can turn those things into a weapon, uh, and that I will. Um, like an olive branch. Like I don't know if you've ever seen an olive tree. Like that's not a friendly tree. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why it's used as a, as a extension. So uh, you know, I will offer it to the SOL people if they want to come on board, if they want to get in and admit their sins, cleanse their palate, whatever they want to do, get on, get with it. But if you're still clinging to that, no, man, I'm I'm shoving that where the sun don't shine. Oof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get away! Stop listening to this podcast if you're an SOLer. Go away. Go listen to the. Go listen to Pete Bukowski and Lockdown Packers. Um, he's probably more your speed. Yeah, yep. yep I like yep. Pete by the way. He's a good dude. Um, I want to. I'm, I'm going to play something. It's going to be. It's going to take a second to pop up here, but I want to make sure that we get this all out there because this was, I think, absolutely what we need. What we saw against the Bears and what we want to see against the the packers and I'm, I'm just pulling this up blind it's like a minute long but it's a campbell quote and uh, i don't think it's making it out there for everyone to hear okay yeah yeah so it was the quote about pulling them out to the water to the depths and taking oh. them to where they can't swim and holding them down under the water that's where we are. As a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that in here. Uh, I'll make sure I can play it by the time we talk about uh, the Packers. But that quote, I think, is never been more salient and more important than it is right now in um, in the world of the Lions. Because I think that um, that's how this game has got to go and is going to go against uh, the Packers as we go forward. But that's that's just me. I just I love having the opportunity that we've got, and it comes from from taking care of business for so long. And yes, Carolina happened, and it sucks, and it's probably going to be the reason why we don't make the playoffs if we don't. But to to, to I I'm so happy that you just destroyed a bad football team. Yep. There was no drama after the first two drives of that game. None. Um, it was much like Jacksonville. I started writing the postgame report at halftime. I'm like, there, there's no way in hell this Bears team's coming back. None. Yep. And yep. they the the good thing is, is that it's okay if I'm cocksure and I'm wrong. It's not if the Lions are. And they handled their business. Like they they knew they were the best and they took care of it and they did what they had to do. And that's the sign of a good football. That's the sign of a well coached football team. And I'm Look, we've we've had a lot of discussion over the past two years about the coaching staff and you know the the, the nature versus nurture, the the in game versus you know Monday through Saturday coaching. I think you're seeing an evolution of what's going on on Sundays. That Dan Campbell is getting better because a year ago, I'm not sure that I would have trusted him to win that game 41 to 10. I think it would have finished like 30 to 20 or something like that. But the fact that he didn't take his foot off the gas until it was long done, that's, that's to me, that, that, that says that he's learning as he's going along. And that's, that's what we all want. Yeah. We want it to work. And I yeah. think we're seeing those steps being taken. 
let me see. Okay, I think I've got it right now. And uh, I want to I want to get um, strong bad in here. The last word, words of the lion's opponents. Gurgle, gurgle. Let's see if we can get this. to. to- ah! As it equates to just bear with me, the ocean, right? There's a number of teams. They just barely get to the water. You got to get in the water to compete. The number of teams, that's all they get to. Then there's a number of teams. They are in the shallows. And they come in a hurry, man, and they are all over your ass. That's what she said. They're all over your ass, and they strike and move. They strike and move, and they're dangerous, man. We can't hear it, Chris. You just got to get a hold of them, though. If you can just get a hold of them, and you start dragging their ass out to the deep, dark abyss, you can drown them. And that's what we got to be. That's who we have to be. Because that's our domain. That is our domain. Because we'll tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. We'll go as long as it takes because we can and we choose to. That's who we are. That's who we have to be. Now, it goes without saying, the teams that are dangerous in the shallows and the abyss are probably the top four or five in this league. That's who they are. And that's what we're working to. That's right. What a freaking quote, bro. (laughs) Nobody goes back to hard knocks. Nobody goes back to that. But there it is. That laid out this game this week. And again, I'm I'm so far ahead of where we're at in the show right now. We're talking about the Bears, but it's so hard not to look ahead. (laughs) It is. But because we did what we did to the Bears. And just to, to put a little bow on Chicago, that's a really, really, really bad football team. Yeah, they, That's a team that I think Lions fans recognize as 2019. Um, we're going down, and it's not going to get better before it gets worse. Uh, or it gets worse before it gets better. <laughs> I said that backwards. Double negative. I, I'm sorry. My, my editorial hat has been off today. It's been, uh, it's been one. Right. Um, okay, their yeah, offense. I- so I had this discussion with somebody who covers the Bears uh, Monday morning. And he asked me, from like, like sincerely, like who on the Bears' offense would play for Detroit? I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, Cole Komet, good tight end, mm-hmm. real good tight end. Yep. Uh, they don't know what they've got in him. Yep. And I think, and I said, Justin Fields wouldn't play on this particular Lions team, but he's good enough that he can play on just about any other team. Because yep. this is Jared Goff's team, and they're built for Goff. They're not built for Fields. I said, that's Probably, like, maybe Cody White here if you move him to right guard. Maybe. Like, nobody else nobody else ever sees on that offense ever sees the field in Detroit. Like, David Montgomery is RB3 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braxton Jones is not better than Matt Nelson or Dan Skipper, and he's their best tackle. Like, that's how they have so much to replace. They're, again, I said, I, I told him Tom Kennedy would be your wide receiver one, and he did not push back on that. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's a really, really, really bad football team, and they just don't have the depth of resources to get better. Um, we'll talk more about their draft chances and, and the idea of them earning the number two pick and because they don't need a quarterback trading out of it, which uh, I think we're going to hear a lot of. Um, yeah. uh, but that's, that's, that's for down the road. But that you when you're a, a team that wants to be where Detroit is going, and where we're close to, that's the kind of game you need against a team like the Bears. And that is why I was so, so happy this weekend. And I'm sure most most people who are watching this were very happy about it too. Like it was a stress-free, 
Um, after the first first drives, they're like, like you, you just knew, you just knew that the Lions had it. It was it was much like the Jacksonville game. Like, my God, that we're we're good. <laughs> and and yeah. by the way, Jacksonville is going to win the the AFC South. Like, yeah, they, they got it in their hands. Yep. Um, they have not lost since we took care of them. So let me really quick, just talk about the, the, the bears game. We'll, we'll, we'll keep on this a little bit here. First off 41 yeah. to 10, an absolute beatdown of the, of that team. This is the quietest I've seen bears fans in my entire life. Even, even after a loss, like usually they're just yeah. meathead, like loud mouths that come around and try to troll and be, you know, dorks or whatever. Uh, like even after the first game this season, they're like, well, thanks. We're just tanking. So we get, you know, better draft pick. You guys helped. I mean, it was just the dumb and meathead, you know, whatever they can't lose. They win by losing whatever, even at that point. Right. They were silent. They have been silent all week. And I love it. I love it. They anyway. Okay. Three tutties from golf. Jamal, 144 yards. FedEx, Ground player of the week. Congratulations, Jamal Williams. Well-deserved. Swift had 78 yards. I mean, remember when you couldn't get a 100-yard rusher in Detroit? <laughs> got 200 yards of these guys. Right, for 256. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4K. Season high. First time. I think this is the first time ever or since a long time ago that we have over 4,000 yards passing and 2,000 yards rushing, rushing in the same season. Holy it cow. It is the first time. Yeah. First time. Yeah. Talk about. Alliance team talk about you know delivering on the promise that's that's just beautiful hutch a half sack another interception <laughs> a beautiful one he's got the softest hands of the team i swear to god <laughs> there's a lot of jj watt going on there yeah buddy <laughs> and i, yeah, I tweeted buddy. it during the game like man you can put him as your number three tight end in a goal line package or the way mike rabel used to get it when he was in new england yep like there's a lot of things you can do with that. And uh, I, I, I would love for them to use that. Not probably not this week, like maybe shelve that for next year, but work that in. Cause he's clearly got good hands and he can get up two of the three interceptions he's made. He's been a like full extension. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> Let me ask you this question from Daryl Gulp. Can you give us some of uh, your thoughts on the Okuda benching? I didn't notice him playing bad like the previous week. I think it's a little bit still of the lingering illness. Having been gotten the sick while I was in Michigan, I, I literally picked it up on the 17th of December and I will mute myself and cough still because my lungs aren't right. Just taking the stairs in the house. I'm out of breath still. That, that was a real for real illness that was running around, man. It is. And uh, like, it's been going around my house. Uh, I'm <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, segue there. I, I to For those of you listening to the audio only version, <laughs> he just coughed like violently <laughs> on the air. Uh, yeah, It's going around my family. Um, I'm finally over it. My wife is still fighting it. Um, at some point we will sleep in the same bed again together when we're not coughing at the same time, but it's been, it's been a while. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's nasty. I do think that it's somewhat endurance related. I will say, I just went back and, and looked. He missed the Thanksgiving game with a concussion and missed most of the Giants game the week before that with a concussion. Since he came back from that, he's not played like full time all the time other than one week. And I do think that maybe there's some like lingering conditioning issues that the illness happened. I think it was week yep. 15. Yeah. Um, so that 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 like plays into that. He did not play poorly at all. Uh, in fact, I I broke this down at Lions where I graded out uh, every. I did the the film breakdown this week on him and Iffy, 
And I thought Jeff was great in coverage. I did not have him for a single blown coverage. And, and there were a couple, like, I think I gave him five, five or six like pluses in coverage in 17 snaps. Like he was on in coverage. The very first Justin Fields run, he got his ass blasted and gave up the side. Um, and that's a no-no. He did um, on, the, on the next drive that he played. It wasn't the next drive. It was the drive after that. He got beat um, on edge contain where he needed to push in to force the runner to go wide, and he didn't do it. Didn't do a very good job at it. Uh, but that, those were the, like the, really the only bad plays. Uh, so Dan explained it, that he wanted to get Mike Hughes more reps. And I, yeah. while I think that's a lot of coach talk, like Mike Hughes did play well, um, and I, I'm, I'm going to give Dan a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there that I think that he really, he really sincerely did want to see more of Mike Hughes because Mike Hughes was playing well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that Dan is taking into account the other end of that equation, which means that, oh, my God, you just benched your cornerback one for most of the season. Yeah. And I'm not sure that Dan has processed that, that part of it. Um, and, or maybe he doesn't need to. Maybe, maybe that's maybe Jeff's fine with it. Maybe Jeff understands. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. We've we've heard nothing, um, either publicly or privately, that Jeff is upset or that yeah. he's you know not not down with it. So I'm gonna kind of give the team the benefit of the doubt there. But I will say he was not best report. Now Carolina, he was awful. That was a that was a bad bad game from Okuda. And he will probably tell you that he did not. The play whole team well played bad, though. I mean, and you can't hang yeah. that game on him at all, right? Oh, he God, had, no. So, no. so many players had bad games that that day. They all feel bad about it. They all kick their own asses over it, guaranteed. But you know that that's a game you can't hang on any one player. Even just like this last game against the Bears, you can't hang the win on any one player. They they played as a unit incredibly well. Really I got to say, hey, yeah. Tampa, Detroit Lion, how fun is this, guys? It's January 4th. And we're talking about the Lions potentially making the playoffs. Plus, the future is bright with two top 20 draft picks. Thanks for the uh, super chat, Tampa. I appreciate you, brother. It is great. It's, it's, Meaningful it's, games it's a great in January. Time to be a Lions. <laughs> Meaningful you know, it's funny. Uh, I, went, I went to a basketball game last night um, when my kids weren't playing. I went and saw um, some of my son's old AAU teammates playing um, while he was off. And I was talking to a couple of the dads, and they're like, how fun is your job right now? I'm like, it's a hell of a lot better than it has been in a long time. Let me tell you that. I'm so excited about potentially doing a post-game show on a playoff game. I can't even imagine that. Um, Like, we got flexed to primetime. Chris, you know I despise primetime games from my personal standpoint. I'm in bed by 10 o'clock most nights. Like, the game doesn't get over until 1130. dying sundays are normally an 18 to 20 hour work day for me to begin with when you when it stretches like that like it pushes that clock back i i will not go to bed sunday night into monday morning but when i get up with my kids to uh i'll, I'll still be up when when they're, they get up that's just that that's that's my personal sacrifice i'm happy to make it yeah I, i'm not going to complain about it but just it's it's cool that it's finally happening uh, because look, I, 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 a real quick diversion to the Browns territory here. When the Browns made the postseason in 2020, and it had been a very long time; it had been since since 1994. Uh, and the 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 uplifting and the community spirit of that fan base was unreal. 
and the feelings that were you know coming out of and the joy and then the fact that they went into Pittsburgh and kicked Pittsburgh's ass with nine guys and their head coach out with COVID in a game that the NFL absolutely should have suspended and postponed <laughs> and they went in and kicked like they dominated Pittsburgh from the very first drive of that game that's probably the most fun I've ever had working uh, and I wasn't at the game but I was covering it and I, I just was going crazy like this that's what this week can be like for for Detroit. Like this is a playoff game. You win, you you've at least got a shot to get in. We'll know whether they get in or not. Seattle, let, let's hope they lose. Let's let's pray they lose. Um, they're very banged up, by the way. If you saw their injury report today, they they could lose this game. But th- th- that's the kind of excitement that I'm like. We haven't had that in Detroit in a long time. Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. like, or if it is, it's fabricated. You know, like, like, yeah. oh, like we're, we're, we're trying to pump something up here that just maybe not be there. You know, trying to get, like, it's legit. Like this, this is, I know it's not a playoff game, but it it's sure feels game. like one <laughs> and it's, it's, we're treating it like one. And, you know, if you win, you got a shot to keep playing. Uh, yeah. And if you keep playing, odds are pretty good. You're going to play Minnesota. We can beat Minnesota. I'm not scared of them at all. Nope. They might be scared of us. Brother, if we point. make if we make our way into the playoffs, there's only one team in the NFC that really gives me pause, and that's San Francisco. Um look, there's there's I mean, Dallas is a good team. I think they're beatable. I think anybody is a beatable team by this Lions. I don't think even San Fran is unbeatable, but they're the one that really, really gives me pause. Um, as to of, of as to what will be a uh, quick question from your ass blasted comment, uh, Riz. If somebody watches ass blasted two without seeing one, will they miss anything? I was okay. more a fan of the taken from behind series. <laughs> taken from behind twenty nine is probably the best in that. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Uh, also, we're the first team with to have three different tight ends score two touchdowns in a game during a season in NFL history. That's pretty darn interesting too. To have three different tight ends uh, score two or more touchdowns in a game is 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 killer. So that's you that. know what was Let's- awesome after the game. R- real real quick, when Jared Goff is at the podium and he's talking, and he was asked a question about Brock Wright, yeah. and while he's answering the question, I've got the the Packers Vikings game on the screen. And TJ Hawkinson dropped a pass while yep. Goff is answering that question. Yep. Yep. I'm like, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kismet right there. <laughs> that's Komet right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to tie it all up. Yeah, no, that's that was I I, I saw that Love exact that. moment during the post game. It was it was awesome. Um, all right, so let's talk about the playoff path right now. Um, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot to this, and there's basically four outcomes. Two that are one that's ideal. Two, uh, another one that's 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 good, and then two that you know are negatives. And I'm going to work my way from the worst potential, right. uh, worst possible up. Um, the worst possible outcome for the Lions is a Rams win and a Lions loss. Um, if we think about that, basically based on strength of schedule, we could wind up with a ninth pick overall out of the Rams if they win this game. So that's that's kind of a, a bummer in that place. And if we lose, it's just. You know, that's all on us then. Worst case scenario. Second from the bottom, working its way up of the four possibilities is that the, how do I do this? The the Lions lose and the Seattle 
wins. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry. Seattle wins and the Lions lose. Okay, well, we, we, we kicked ourselves in the teeth. Whatever. Then you go on and you say, okay, the Lions win, but Seattle wins. <laughs> and it's like, ah, for God's sakes. Okay. But that's, that's good enough. I mean, we, we held the Packers. We kicked the Packers off. We stole the torch. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. That's good. And of course, the ideal situation is the Rams win and the Lions win. That gives us the very, very best of all, of, of all worlds. That's basically the playoff breakdown. If the, if, if the, if the Packers win, they're all in. If the Packers lose, but the Seahawks win, they're in. We're the third down the list. We need two two teams to lose to get in, and uh, we have control over one of those games. I heard Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are suiting up for the Rams to try to put this. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> so there it is. That, um, that, that meme, that, that quote, whatever the hell is floating around everywhere, it's not real, folks. Um, by the way, check out how they spelled Matthew. That's how they're getting away with it because it's only one D. It's fake. <laughs> Fake news. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, Viking fans were pulled. Brandon, thanks for the info here. And they only two percent wanted to face the Lions. That's probably real. That I, that I, I would good. suspect they know we we match up well with them. We yep. really do. Yep. Yep. Ooh, uh, <laughs> if the Lions tie, the Seahawks tie, and Washington beats the Cowboys, we're in. <laughs> I need some. That's of that. probably factually true. Uh, and if, <laughs> I don't want ties suck so bad. Yeah, and I I don't think that. So Washington, by the way, is starting Sam Howell this week. They gave up. They they go in. They put Carson Wentz in in a must win game. He throws three interceptions that are progressively worse than the last. <laughs> well, Taylor Heineke's sitting there like, what I do? I'm not now. They're starting Sam Howell. I hope Sam Howell does well, but I think Dallas is going to win that. Dallas has got a Dallas is a very fascinating team. Not to go yeah. playoff preview, but I can see them beating anybody. And I can also see them losing to anybody mm-hmm. um, depending any given week. They're yeah. going to be a very interesting follow in the playoffs. Even from half to half, they're different team. Yeah. It's, it's, they are yeah. really unique. All right, really quick. Let's hit a, a, a bit of a somber topic um, because it happened and we, we have to cover it. Uh, Damar Hamlin. Uh, I think everybody's heard about the hit that he took, the cardiac incident that he had on the field. Um, The latest right now that we've seen come out is, uh, quote, promising readings that they were hoping to see. That's from the doctors. They were really happy about that. There was also clarification. He was only resuscitated once on the field. um, So that, that, that was good news. And then another quote. Um, this is, this is something I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing of what we're hoping to see here. But the quote was the bounce back from him and his family is going to be incredible. Uh, so there's a lot of hope there coming from the hospital and the doctors, uh, on DeMar Hamlin. That's great, great news has crazy effects Riz on, you know, playoffs and the football and everything else. And I don't want to ever diminish the player or the person, but you know, these things, you, they have to happen in parallel. Right. And then, and, and, and yeah. it's just, it, there's, there's, there's just so much involved. Even look, there's 105 other players on the two teams who've worked their whole lives to get to this point. And, and I'm, I'm not diminishing what's happened at all. Right. But to, to have that kind of effect as, as a result of an injury, a very, very serious injury on them. I mean, it's just the, the some of these things just need to kind of happen in parallel and it, it's again, they made the choice as players and coaches for that game 
So, you know, that's great. And, 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 and I think it was the right choice. I think they, they did the right humanitarian, you know, thing. Um, and, and, and that was great, but, um, there's a lot going on here now that has to be hashed out. Um, you know, the rest of the NFL isn't going to go on hold for uh, a player's injury as serious as it is. Right. And that's going to be and, and it's, really interesting. The thing is, is, it was such a meaningful game. Like it decides the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and it was a fantastic game. Um, I'll, I'll, I shared this in the, in the Patreon Slack, which by the way, is the best place for Lions talk anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that were there. Uh, they are a couple. Um, he's a fraternity brother. He was in my pledge class. Um, his wife has been a very good friend of mine for a long time. He's from Buffalo. She's from Cincinnati. Um, they were wearing, you know, the competing jerseys. They're like, that's fun. They're, they're good people. Uh, and she took some video from the stadium. And it's like, you, you know, there's just like ambient noise in a stadium. Like you can hear like people talking or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a crowd. Dead, dead silence for like five minutes. Like you can hear what's going on on the field and they're in the upper bowl in Cincinnati. Like, it's that quiet, like that, that it's that stunning. And I, that moved me. Uh, and, uh, one of the things that I talked about this, um, I did, uh, what was I, I was, oh, I did, I did a show in Cleveland today. We were talking about this. Uh, and one of the things that I think it hit those of us who cover the game very hard because we do see these guys as people, we see their families and most, most people don't. Like we, we, we see them playing with their kids. We see them, you know, hanging around with their friends and see their parents. We see their parents a lot. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of times we meet them and interact with them. And that gives a different viewpoint from those of us who are covering the team like that. And I think that's why you're seeing so much of people like me and people that are, you know, covering these teams so impacted by this, because this is like, we're used to a, a, a an injury, you know, uh, concussions, they're horrible. We're used to that, though. Like this, he literally dropped, he, he was dead on the field, and they revived him from a hit. Like, that's not, like, Chuck Hughes happened a year before I was born. Um, I, I'm aware of it. I didn't see it. Uh, I don't ever want to see that game, by the way. And that happened at the end of a game that when I think that both teams were 3-7 and seven at the time. So it wasn't like it was a... Obviously, it's an awful tragedy, but it's like it's so far out of mind that most of us have never seen that. Uh, the closest thing we've probably seen was, was, um, was, yeah, it was Reggie Brown. Think about that. And Think about how far we've come since Reggie Brown. I mean, he was dead on the field and they revived yeah. him. And then for f- folks who don't know and haven't heard, that's the game that Barry Sanders got the 2000 hit the 2000 yard mark. Nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about Reggie. <laughs> it put such a huge pall over that game. Um, yeah. I remember I watched that game. Um, that was in the period of my life when I was traveling a lot. I watched that game in in Midway Airport on a layover. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. And, uh, so I didn't have any. I didn't have any audio. So we're, I'm watching. I'm watching with a group of Lions fans. This, you know, this was 1997. I think it was, wasn't it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It was because I I, I know where I was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, not having sound, we're like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> can we get some audio here. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was very frustrating. Um, and that's, you know, to not know uh, it was, was devastating. And I, I do think 
that's why I know there is some complaints out there about the way that the, the media, and I'll lump myself into that group, um, has handled this. Understand that we see these guys as a lot more than just players who are out there to amuse us. And I don't think that the general fan appreciates that. Um, even even like even if you do care, like I, we do see them and get to experience them outside of a football context, and that's why this hits hard for so many of us. I do I don't know Demar. Um, I never met him. Uh, he was at the combine. He had a podium, and I didn't go to it. And I kind of actually feel feel kind of bad about that. But like th- that's. I love the fact that America is waking up to the fact that, hey, these guys are not just gladiators out there. You know, are you entertained? Um, the, this, like 25 the toy drive ago. that he did. Yeah. Like, 25 years it, ago, Reggie different. Brown to today. And you look at, you know, yeah. you look at these guys and you look at, you know, what Hamlin's been doing in, in, the, in the charity space, you know, almost as good as us, but, you know, it's getting better. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm totally teasing. Uh, he's been doing great work in the community. He's a great human being by all reports he started that before he was even in the nfl he started that when he was a senior at pittsburgh like that's that's the kind of guy he is that's i think one of the reasons why so many people are responding to it and the fact it did happen in a nationally televised huge game where pretty much everybody was watching like i think that that's it's it's a it's a very galvanizing moment i think for for people and i hope that the sense that we have that okay yeah you might be a Bills fan, you know, you might be a Steelers fan, you might be a Packers fan, you might be a Lions fan. Like, we're all football fans, and this this transcends what team you're on. This is this is about the guys who play the game. And if if we as a collective America, I'm using the Vosotros form here of we and us, um, it's, it's all of us, you know, that we realize that, okay, th- this is why the players – you know, this is why they they take time off. This is why they make sure that they're in the best possible shape they can be. This is why some guys walk away early. Mm-hmm. This is why some parents don't allow their kids to play football anymore. Uh, this is a obviously it's a freak injury. It's not something that I think we've seen in a long time. Um, from everything that I understand, and I, did, I I don't know this because I'm not I'm not a cardiologist. But when I was in eighth grade, there was a kid who was in sixth grade who was killed by, who was hit by a pitch in the chest. And it, like, it did the same thing to his heart. It, like, messed up the electrical system and he dropped dead on the field. Um, I'll never forget that. And I think that that's sort of what happened here. And the only other thing I'll say about this is please, 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 if you have the opportunity, learn how to do CPR and learn how to use an AED. I took that class. I was bored as hell for, like, four hours doing it. But I, I still, to this day, when I walk into a place, I take note of where the AED is. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, just like, it's like an absent-minded thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I walk into a gym where my son's going to be playing basketball, my daughter's going to be playing volleyball. I'm like, okay, it's over there if I need it. Like, it, it's just, it's just, I don't know why I do it, but I do. And this is why. So if you have that chance, please, please, please do it. You might save a life and it might be somebody that you love. Yep. All right, we're going to roll on really quick. Just from Brandon, he he nailed it. If anyone hits, if anyone's ever been down to the Senior Bowl like we all have, 
uh, get the yeah. sense of, you get a sense of the collective brotherhood, even though they're at odds in the competition. You, and you really do. Oh, yeah. You start to talk to some of these Good guys. Point, they, they are absolute, I mean, absolutely brothers across teams and they, they play, you know, between the lines is one thing outside the lines is something completely different. And I think yeah. fans often, uh, get get lost in, in in that space, but all right, let's talk. Move on to draft news. Best of luck to Demar Hamlin and his family. Hopefully, uh, everything turns out uh, as best as as great as it could for them. Uh, draft news: The Rams right now, their pick is at number six. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Lions' pick is at number six. And again, if the Rams win, that pick could go. I believe it goes up to number nine. Uh, really, it could no go as high as nine. Does. It yeah. depends on a couple of other teams' outcomes as well. But yeah, so the three teams that it whose outcomes it matters are that matter are the Vikings, sorry, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Raiders, and Carolina. Carolina is playing New Orleans. That's probably the best chance of one of those teams to have a win. Vegas is playing against Kansas City, and Atlanta is playing against Tampa, which is also actually a little bit of a weird one. I don't see any of those three teams really pulling a win out of that. Um, that just puts us at number nine. <laughs> I can't not the Raiders after they did what they did with their quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, we're going to have a conversation. It's not for tonight, but we're going to have to have a conversation about that because that is not dissimilar to what some fans in Detroit want to do with Jared Goff. Yeah. I think you saw how the Raiders responded to that. I think, I think they're going to get destroyed. I think they're going to lose like 40 to 10 this week, 41 to 10, maybe. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to revisit something, something that I said a long time ago, and people just I want you, every one of you that question this, I want you to to write. Chris was right. Chris was right. Chris was right a hundred times. <laughs> I get the horn this time. What I said for a long time. I mean, I think even ahead of the la- the the draft in twenty twenty two, Jared Goff, the Jared Goff problem was easily solvable by this season. Goff will either win enough games to be the guy, or if he doesn't, you have all the ammo in the draft you need to replace him. And I want you to I want to revisit that, and all of you naysayers, tell me I'm wrong. Because <laughs> even if you didn't like him right now, you have all the draft capital you need, or the ammo you need to go get the quarterback you want this year. And 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 he's played extremely well. And and for the majority of people, except the perpetual negative Nancys, uh, he, he's absolutely won the job. But even if he did what he did this year and people were out on him, we still, with the draft places we are, have the capital to get the player we want if we want to go get somebody else. I just wanted to revisit that for a moment and say, people, please think these things through and just just go with a little bit. You know, sometimes sometimes things happen in a, in a way a little different than you might have thought. Yeah. So do we think that Houston coming on so strong and learning this game so well is going to change the idea of what Holmes might take in the top of the draft? I don't think human Houston – Changes the calculus of an edge rusher uh, for the Lions. What about you, Riz? So let, let's let's evaluate what they've got. They've got Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Pascal, James Houston, and the Okora brothers, and John Kaminsky if he comes back and he sort of plays everywhere. Who are you not bringing back of that group if you draft somebody? Um, the easy answer is Julian O'Quarra because he's hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. But that, are you going to sit? Are you going to draft somebody above Josh Pascal and James Houston, a second round pick and the rookie sack champion? 
That's asking a lot. So I don't think that they're going to address it very high. I think they're good enough there with the growth that you're going to experience from Houston, the growth you're going to see from a healthy Pascal, who, by the way, couldn't practice all offseason. Aiden Hutchinson getting another year under his belt, taking the next step up where he's, God, one of the top, top 10 for sure pass rushes in the league. I don't think that it's a, a, a primary need because, again, then you're saying, okay, my second-year-round pick from last year, who, by the way, has played pretty darn well most of the year, isn't good enough. My sixth-round pick, who's leading all rookies in sacks, isn't good enough. I'm not sure that's an easy sell for anybody in the room who's trying to sell it. And you better believe they're going to discuss it. They discuss all these scenarios. And I think what they're going to come back with is we're probably better off spending that pick on a corner or a safety or a wide receiver even. Tackle. Or an offensive lineman, even than we are at over because only two or three of those guys can play at any one time. Right now, Josh Pascal, James Houston, and Aiden Hutchinson are three of your six best defensive players that you've got on the field. Where does they? I don't get that need, so I don't think that they're taking one high. I think they'll take one, um, and I don't. I don't think that Julian Okora has any chance of coming back. I, I said it when they drafted James Houston. They're not both making the team. They play the exact same style in the exact same position. I think we've seen now that James Houston is a better, higher-end option than, than Julian Okora, so whatever happens there. Like, do they have to get a replacement for that? Yeah, probably. Can they find that in the fifth, sixth round, fourth round that Julian came in? Can they find that as a free agent that costs, you know, $2.5 million for a year? Absolutely. I, I don't think this is a team that's drafting a, a, a pass rusher high. Um, now, that's not defensive tackle. An edge. I don't think that's, I don't think that's anywhere close. That might be their least position of need on the entire team. I think they will come to that agreement as well. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Daryl Gulp, you know, that Riz likes an off-ball linebacker high. I mean, he's, he's actually wanting to posit, take our two first-round picks and trade up to uh, try to get they to do need two. one, but again, so let, let's, let's do the linebacker. math on this again, though. Okay, so Rodrigo playing pretty darn well. Derek Barnes has come along very well. You want to place Alex Anzalone? I'm fine with that. He's played well. Um, he's a free agent. You're bringing in a linebacker to replace Alex Anzalone for all intents and purposes. Alex Anzalone was, what, a fourth-round pick? Yeah. Um, was signed for relatively cheap this offseason. Now he turned down more he turned down more money elsewhere to stay in Detroit. And I think he would probably do that again. Mm -hmm. He did not play well against Chicago, but the rest of the like he's played pretty well overall the second half of the season, specifically since the changes um where Pascal came back, uh, <coughs> Kaminsky got healthy and, and yep. Aubrey Pleasant was dismissed. He's been fine. He's not been a problem. So Factor that in with the John Dorsey never drafts a linebacker high. The the uh, the entire Rams contingent, Agnew, Dors, um, Holmes, uh, that group never takes a linebacker. They took one once. Alec Ogletree, he was terrible. Um, they they got burned by that. And they learned from it. Uh, this this I still don't expect. I, I expect them to take one. I think it's going to be somebody that can turn and run with a tight end and turn and run with a linebacker or a, a running back that's flexed out a little bit better. Because Rodrigo has proven that he can't do that, and mm -hmm. he proved that again against Chicago. Like he, Rodrigo's great at what he does, but he's limited in what he does. One of the reasons yep. why he fell in the draft where he did. Yep. I think Derek Barnes has 
when you've got good defensive line in front of him, he's acceptable. Uh, when you don't, he's not. Mm-hmm. So that that sort of fixes your problem if you're getting a, a better defensive tackle. And when you've still got you've, – you've got – I don't think it's a, a huge priority for them. And I, I think Anzalone's value to this team is more in leadership. And I think if he's gone, I think they're going to want to replace that leadership with leadership um, and veteran presence. Yep. Uh, so it could be a guy uh, – the same massive pay dirt with Demario Davis in this exact position like three or four years ago. Like Demario was a pretty good player, like okay player in Cleveland and New York. Mm-hmm. He went to New Orleans and it became an all-pro because he was exactly the right guy for that system. By the way, it's the same system that we're running in Detroit. Demario Davis is not a great player, but he's a smart player. He's a fast player, and he plays that way. If you can get a veteran like that, uh, Devondre Campbell in, in Green Bay is another great example of a guy that I wanted in Detroit, by the way, and we took Anzalone instead. Made and- All-Pro last year. Really, really good player who was given up on because Arizona didn't know what the bleep they had with him. They still don't know what the bleep they have with any of their linebackers. They're a stupid, wretched organization. That's why they're going to have a new coach, uh, hopefully. <laughs> but that's like the Lions, this is not a team that values that. They're going to be able to find somebody who's maybe Alex Anzalone at his best. Um, and they'll be able to find that in the third, fourth round. They'll be able to find it in free agency. I I, I really like, I know it's my, my brand that they're, you know, they hate the, 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 the first round linebackers and the off ball linebackers like that. But Brad Holmes and John Dorsey and Chris Spielman and Ray Agnew, they're kind of in line with that. Like that's what they do. <laughs> All right. There's so, my diatribe done. There friendly, you go. friendly, friendly done. <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still the, one of the things that we're going to see happen uh, with the lions that people aren't used to is good players are going to be cut. And that's such great news mm-hmm. because that's what happens when you're a good team and you, you cut good players and in teams like, you know, the old lions sign all the, the X castaways from the oh, Jaguars. God, remember the, the Jonathan Hankins crap. Oh, we got to get him. He's going to save our team. Yep, yep. Every, so, every, every bleep and safety that got cut from 2008 to 2017. We got to sign him. He's our best safety. That being said, I'm glad those days are gone. I think defensive tackles a, a big point I need for this team. And I think we 100%. will pick a tackle and I think we will find some people that in, in that group that we've talked about that uh, may have to go. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I think cornerback is also a huge need. I really believe that those are the two places that the, that, that uh, Holmes is going to go in that, in the first round. And, and, Look, love Jerry, love Okuda. They're both great guys, both grinders. They're both really, really good. But even as a depth piece or even to move one of them as a depth piece to help cover, the players get hurt, especially at the cornerback position. But they get hurt. They miss games. You need almost a rotation of cornerbacks in the NFL today. That's that's what what you're, you know, what you're facing. I see the two picks being absolutely uh, in that defense, defensive tackle and that cornerback space. If they may go safety again, right? Because look, Look what happens with injuries, right? They they happen, and these Look are some of the most important. Sean Elliott. Yep, some <laughs> of the most important players on the field that were game changing. They've the 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 Detroit Lions changed the games they won. Their 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 record changed from one and six to six and one, and six and two. Um, why? Because now. of the defense. 
because of the defense and the play of the defense. That's what it turned on. And that's what that's what's good. This team is going to build up, and that's what they need to do. It's it's it, that's where we're going to spend our, our our picks. That's kind of where where I'm at. Um, I, I'm okay so with it. I, I'm, I if it's not Jalen Carter, I have no interest in a defensive tackle before about the third round. Interesting. Uh, and there's it's a good year to need one. The dude from Baylor, dude from USC, who just declared who I, his name mm-hmm. I can't pronounce to save my life. Um, there's a lot of good ones this year. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, great free agency class. Dayron Payne, J- Javon Hargrave, Matt Ioannidis. There's there's a lot of guys who fit what the Lions want in a defensive tackle to play next to Aleem McNeil and between Aleem and Hutch and between Aleem and, and Pascal on the other side. There's a lot of dudes out there, man. Don't don't just zero in on Jalen Carter. Um, yeah. Who's, who's well, admittedly great, although – Ohio game. State completely erased him from the bleeping field. But don't forget, weekend. don't forget, Hutchinson was erased from the field by Georgia, right? So it's one it game. That's, Watch that's why you do that. Work, that's right? why you don't scout one game. Exactly. <laughs> Watch the body of work, the entire body of work, and understand what kind Jaylen of Jalen Carter will be the number at. one player on my board. Uh, I don't care what position it is. I don't care who else. I'm not done by any means, watching these people. I've watched a lot of Carter, enough to know I think he can be in Dominican Sioux uh, 2.0, and that would be very nice in Detroit. But I I, I want – so one of the things that we're talking about in, in, in our little draft chats that we have going up behind lines is where do you put a guy like that? Because he's he's obviously a great player, but it's a position that you generally don't – get bang for your buck unless you're getting Aaron Donald or Dominican Sue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really get your bang for like Derek Brown from the Panthers is a great example. Number when he was number seven pick. He's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Very good player. He has, he has once he has the same amount of sacks as Isaiah bugs this year. Like, are you really getting your impact from that? So uh, Mike, Mike's, that, Mike's asking about, um, AR, AR 15, Anthony Richardson. And, and yes, absolutely. That's the same thing about watching the entirety of their, their body of work. I've watched every snap of AR 15 this year, every single snap that he played. I watched I mean, my son goes to Florida. It's, it's why I watched. I, I, I tuned in tight to their games this year. He's got some real blow, big time, big time plays, but he's got just as many or more that are just like, Oof. And I, I'm not. Look, he may develop into something, but I don't put I don't put first round pick on him at all. I don't put a first round pick. I on, would take on the first, I would I would take him in the first round. Yeah, we're, we'll be able to talk about who. Yep. And there's time. There's time. behind golf and next year. Uh, there, there's no to be a thing. Yeah. There's no chance in the world Jared Goff is not the starting quarterback in 2023. Right. But you do have to do better than Nate Sudfeld or Tim Boyle as the backup. And this is a golden opportunity to do that. And my position, I will reiterate it. Why not draft the best possible quarterback that you can? A, as a developmental piece, and you can possibly flip him later if you decide that Goff is still the guy. Or B, if Goff gets hurt, this is a playoff team. You don't want to throw Tim Boyle or Nate Sudfeld or David Blau out there. You want a guy that can actually win you games. And that's, uh, that's why you take a quarterback high in this draft, regardless of how you feel about Jared Goff. You have to have a, a, a quarterback, a viable quarterback number two. 
I don't want to pay a veteran for that. I'd much rather develop my own and get pick my own guy, get him into my system, see how he fits with with Ben Johnson. So I will continue to advocate that they are taking a, that I, they should take a first round quarterback. That does that is independent of my feelings for Jared Goff. This is a team that desperately, desperately needs a quarterback behind Goff. Sure. Yep. Why yep. not get a good one? Why I why see. pay for Case Keenum? Why pay for Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. when you can get? You're probably not going to get Stroud. You're probably not going to get Bryce Young. Um, those those seem high in the sky now. I see. Um, I think I Will Levis will probably be gone too. But if you can get Anthony Richardson, you can get Max Duggan in the third, fourth round. Uh, I think you saw against Michigan his highs and lows. He's going to miss some throws. He's also got massive testicular fortitude that can win you games that you shouldn't win. You saw that with TCU against Michigan. Was was TCU the better team? Hell no. Did they have the better quarterback that night? Yeah, they did. Uh, and that's uh, there. There's guys like that. Hendon Hooker coming back. He's a little old. It wouldn't be my personal choice, but I understand the argument for it. Uh, again, I will I will bring up the fact they went to Shepherdsville, West Virginia, to watch Tyson Badgett play in person twice. I have no idea how they feel. When you're going to West Virginia twice to see a dude, that is, that shows you some interest in the player. We're going to see him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. We'll see what it's all about. Again, I've still only seen one game of his. There's a lot of that, like, third to sixth round quarterbacks in this festival. And I actually kind of like that in this class. And we're going to be seeing a lot of that. So uh, I whether they take it early or late, I will be – what's the proper word? It's beyond disappointed, but not aghast. Like somewhere in that range, if they don't take a quarterback in this draft at some I, point. Yep. Um, no, and no. I would I would still advocate the higher the better, but uh, I understand it's not going to be necessarily a popular position. Yeah, I, I, I see Brad Holmes picking up a a veteran in the in in um in the and and for a good price because he's he's pretty good at his contracts and on the people he picks up in uh, free agency and drafting a uh a quarterback later there you go um so the thing that worries me though is that he wanted tim boyle and tim boyle sucked like everybody yeah. saw it i don't i don't get that that's that's where i don't want to pay for tim boyle again no, like i, I don't, don't think you will I don't think you will. I think the Tim Boyle play was maybe more maybe bring about, Josh Dobbs back after. By the way, Josh Dobbs looked all right, didn't he? In Tennessee last week, good for him. Get another shot with him this weekend. I think. Uh, I, he, I, I hope. I hope he can come back. I think you'll see. But, um, yeah, Tim Boyle. I think was as a play more to solidify Jared Goff because they had to fix Goff post McVay. I, I, I think that that's exactly what that was. was that's a, fair. I think that's was fair. A, it was a Goff play. It had nothing to do with who the backup was and everything else. But it, they also knew if Goff didn't perform. I mean, th- th- we talked about it. If he didn't perform this year, what I, what I said was that he was he was the truth of how this team was looking at it. E- either bet was if he's the guy, he'll perform and he'll do well and he'll be your guy. If he's not the guy this year, then you're going to know it and you'll have the ammo you need to get your guy this year. That's exactly what I think they were playing it. And they were giving Goff every single piece to prove 
that they believed in him and that they weren't McVeigh and that they were giving him the real opportunity who he is. And he's looked great. And you see the, the confidence that he's had. I love how he's talked to the media and how he's dealt with the media in these last couple of weeks. There's a, there's a swagger that he's gotten back and you, a confidence. You can see it back. if you yep. watch the press conferences, can't you? You can, yep. you can, there's a different feel to him. Yep. And since, I think this was all about, part of the thing. Since, since, this was all part of the plan. Yeah. And that's why Boyle was here. That's I, I guarantee that's why he was here. He was not here to be your quarterback. He was here to be, or he was not here to be your backup. He was here to fortify your guy to see if he's your guy for real. And I think, so that's why I think you're going to wind up with a, a veteran this year at a good price tag. And you're going to get a fourth rounder or something like that. And that's what your development quarterback is going to be, because I think they know they've got golf for about three years. And they're not looking at who is replacing. He's, he's under contract through twenty twenty four. They're not going to extend him this off season. That's nope. Nope. I, I know people are talking about that. That I don't think that conversation even comes up. To be frank, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think th- that's a conversation you have at this date next year in twenty. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be, it'll be twenty. It's twenty twenty three now, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I haven't had to write a check yet. Lost a year. Uh, 2024, <laughs> uh, early January is when we'll be talking about whether they want to extend golf or whether they have to, whether it's a guy that they just drafted this year or that they're looking at next year. Um, that That's when that conversation takes place, not this year. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Um, I think we've got the draft covered. We, I mean, look, we're not even into the draft yet. The draft is, uh, is, is, is coming, but there's a lot to talk about. And I will reiterate, we will have the best draft coverage of any outlet in Detroit this year. We've got some top, top people. Um, we got Bischoff. We got Riz. We got myself. We got oh, Sam Mann and Colin coming to. We're all going to to, to Senior Bowl. We're going to run that place. I got some really, really good ideas. As a matter of fact, if you're here with us right now, make sure you like and subscribe. The like helps this video get out. Helps other people find it. Helps us get into other people's ear holes, and we appreciate and eye holes. Appreciate you doing that and helping us out by doing that. If you're watching it, just hit the like button. It's free and it's easy. But the subscribe thing. It's every year the most important time to be subscribed to our channel is during Senior Bowl because we when we do our interviews with players and coaches and everybody else, we usually have like five or ten minutes notice before we go we go live with them. So get in there, get the subscription in there so you know when we go live because we're going to have a ton of people on the show uh, this year live from Senior Bowl. We're going to have a bunch of content from the field. You guys are going to really be excited by some of the stuff I'm putting together here. Riz doesn't even know about it yet, but we got some really great stuff that I have ideas and stuff that I put together as to how we'll cover this year. And um, we're going to be uh, like the blog. We've got better connections with some people too. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to lean on those. By the way, I'm going to be on with Dave Schultz on Friday. Oh, I've already got him signed up. I've got him signed up for us as evil too. Uh, We are going to be like the blob. We are going to flow across the entirety of the senior bowl. We will be everywhere. I can't, I would guarantee it. You guys are gonna be loving it. So let's get that subscription in so you can watch the show. We can make sure you're notified about all that stuff. All right. Um, Let's talk about the lions. What this season really has been. Um, Here we are, you know, you went one and six, you had all that stuff going on. And uh, we turn it around. We're an eight and eight team right now. We need to win this Green Bay game, so I win my uh, bet for the Lions having a, a positive record this year. But there's something that's a really, really important stat that I, I want to put out there. The Lions have only played a single team all season, one team only, that was not in playoff contention in Week 17. Think about what kind of a stiff schedule. That is to play playoff contenders at the end of the year for every game of the season. 
Ours was the third most difficult schedule in the NFL this year. The worst the was the Bears, and I forget who else had the had the. Oh, and the Bears get that because they, they played, played us <laughs> <laughs> twice. <laughs> That's right. Um, but the and, and Washington was the other one who had uh, a big strength of schedule. But look, they've played Washington. Look who's in their in their division. They played Philly twice. Every other they team made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, New York twice and Dallas twice. I mean, oh, that, that sucks. Um, but we legitimately played the third most difficult strength of schedule. All those teams in playoff contention, and yet here we are. This young team who everyone said was going to have six. Not everyone, but generally the consensus was this is a six win team if this is a successful season. And here we are sitting at eight looking at potentially nine wins this season, a run into playoffs and this kind of a difficult schedule. I want people to really appreciate what this team has overcome to get to this point this season. This was no cakewalk last place team schedule. It's it's crazy if you think about it. We were supposed to have, you know, they get the last place team schedule supposed to be the easier schedule. We almost difficult schedules in the league. And here we are facing a shot at the playoffs in the second year of our re- rebuild. I'm I'm just like the more I think about what they've overcome as a team to get here, the more impressed I am with every one of these guys and this coaching staff to have gotten them coached up and gotten them ready to be here where they are today. The the player development, both skill wise and also NFL maturity wise, has been it's been a lot, a lot of fun to watch because look, Aiden Hutchinson was pretty dang good coming in. Look how much better he is now. James Houston, to go back to why I dissed him infamously a few weeks ago. Training camp, he he couldn't beat Darren Paulo around the edge. And now he's beaten all pro left tackles in the NFL. He threw Braxton Jones into Justin Fields for a sack. Like, that's the, the growth and the maturity awesome. with that. Like you're seeing Kirby Joseph is a much better player now. Uh, look look at all the guys that have grown. Like that's that, that's just so awesome. Um and it it really even though it's the same people on the team, it's a much different team than they were when they were 1 and 6. Oh yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the credit goes to Dan and and the assistant coaches and also just like the belief that they got, you know, we talk about this all the time. Brad and Dan both independently used the phrase cut from the same cloth without ever knowing each other. Like that was something that they did and they they've woven that together and they, they sewed in guys who were cut from the cloth. They have a very good feel for who is and who is not. And man, that's, that's dangerous. Uh, and the fact that as we talk about this, like we're, we're, we got a real shot at the playoffs this year. This is probably the worst Lions team you're going to see till like 2025, 2026, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah. Like this is, this is the worst team we're going to have for a while. Oh, and we're pretty that. good. Like how, Let me how just nice relish is in that? that for a moment? Let me just relish in that for one moment, please. Ah, obviously like, like freakish things, you know, health or whatever can, can, can stymie you, but. Like this, this is a very young team, and they're growing together better. Yep. Uh, I think the coaching staff will be back largely intact, um, and it, it's interesting now. 
So all the uh, the hot coaching candidate things are coming out now because we, we kind of know where the coaching openings are going to be. And I've read three different ones from three different teams now, and, and they're all from different outlets. They're like, we deserve to interview Ben Johnson to pick his brain, but he doesn't have the experience. Um, and and they actually kind of think that he's sort of a product of Detroit and, and the environment that he's in, um, that he's going to get interviewed but not get hired. Um, you're seeing Shane Stecken as the hot um, – Offensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans out of San Francisco, who, by the way, deserves it. I pray to God he gets a he's, – he's an awesome, awesome dude. He's who I wanted as a defensive coordinator. When Patricia came to town, he looked the other way mm-hmm. um, at his detriment. Uh, he's going to be a head coach uh, from the defensive side. And those are your hot assistant coaching candidates. It sounds like everything out of Carolina is they're not taking a rookie coach. They want somebody who's been there before. Because if they don't hire Steve Wilkes, because Matt Rule was just, they're not doing that again. Can't put uh, Harbaugh is going to probably wind up somewhere. Who knows? I, I don't even want to get into that. But it sounds like he's at least playing it off very well to get more money out of Michigan, mm-hmm. which he seems to do every year. Uh, <laughs> there, I, the more things come out like that, the, the and not that I didn't trust you, Chris, but the more I'm like, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I still maintain <laughs> that if if there's a Lions coach right now that's going somewhere, it's Deuce Staley as a mm-hmm. head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, because because 100%. again, we talked about this last week. They're absolutely grooming him to be a head coach, uh, and he's got a lot of things in his favor. The fact that he did coach at the Senior Bowl last year, the fact that he played, the fact that he was known when he played as a good leader. The fact that he's a very organized guy, that's one of the things that we took away from from getting to be around him last year at the Senior Bowl. Like, he's, he understands how to run a meeting. He understands how to run a defensive meeting. He understands how to coordinate. Different, like, he's got that. So I, I think that's going to be a big feather in his cap, but I do think that he's going to get a job. I hope yeah. he gets a job. I, yeah. I, I'm rooting for Deuce. I love the guy. Yeah. I hope he gets one. I, I think if, if you're looking at a Lions coach that's going to get replaced, it will be Deuce. And we've talked about this. Assistant head coach is a fantastic chip to give to Kelvin Shepard or to Ben Johnson to keep them just in case. It, you, you hold that chip. You won't need it this year. I'm telling you, these guys. I, these I, guys, I, I tend to agree. There, there's yeah. Ben Johnson is in in his dream job. And and there's just it's not even about and I see Don saying hey it's uh, it's about the network no don't it isn't the network is built they these guys all know each other I'm telling you right now they all all know each other uh, it's not a network issue um, it's it's just it's you know where they are I I I know how much Ben loves what he's doing today I yeah. haven't talked to him personally but. <laughs> I don't know if he has aspirations for a head coaching position. One of the things you have to think about and, and just kind of put, put your own kind of Paul on it, take your own kind of um, thinking of, of what you, what you, what you've seen. How much Ben Johnson did you see on hard knocks? Not didn't, a lot. He didn't. Why? Nope. Ask yourself, or why does, is, is he, you know, he'll, he'll do some podium stuff now. Why do you never see Ben Johnson? He has to. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't see him any other times. Why? Because he probably doesn't like that part of it. If you're the head coach, that's the biggest part of your job. And besides winning is getting in front of the media every single 
day doing the PR stuff, doing you have to be out and do so many things that aren't coaching and aren't dreaming up new plays and aren't the creative spot of doing your job. There's a lot of people who really, really love what they do and don't necessarily want to go. No, he wants to make money. Don't don't get me wrong. But there's ways to do that. There's all kinds of ways to make that happen. And you don't have to do it with the assistant head coach position either. You can you can build big contracts and the titles I don't think mean as much to someone like him and you keep that assistant head coach uh title for the guy who you are truly grooming to leave, right? Because that's what you're doing with this team and that's what this whole idea of servant leadership and um and how they work is to help people become the very very best they will be and allow them to move on to be the best they can be. But in every organization, it's great to have people who love what they're doing and who are really really good at that. And it's just my take on where Ben is, is he loves his job. He loves what he's doing. He has ultimate creative ability to make these things happen. He's working with a great mind in Dan Campbell. He's working with a quarterback he loves in Jared Goff, who's able to execute what they have. What better situation? I mean, you think of your job. And and you love the people you work with. You love what you're doing. Somebody else offers you a little bit more. But it's a little, a lot more responsibility and, you know, and maybe it's a lot, it's more money, even a lot more money, but you're pretty comfortable where you're at and you really, really like what you do. And you really never wanted to do that other thing. Do you automatically just jump and go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad you brought um, up the golf aspect of that because he's got that symbiosis of mindset with golf and that's. If you go to Carolina, like who's going to be their quarterback next year? You don't know. Um, it doesn't mean that he can't work with them, but you're going into a situation where it's unknown. Denver, I think, is a. a I don't think anybody wants to work with Russell Wilson. I think that's that that's that's job repellent. That that's a job you take if you can't get any other job and know you can't get any other job. Yep. What other ones are going to be open? Maybe Arizona, probably not because I don't think their owner is going to do that. Maybe Washington. Maybe. Uh, who knows what's no, going on? I don't know Houston. that anybody wants to be in Houston or Washington. I think ownership in both with those the ownership in those two yep. cities, those yep. those are you. I I will tell you that if D'Amico Ryan's is not the next head coach of the Texans after they if they get rid of of Lovey Smith, it's because he is acutely aware of ownership there uh, because he played there for a long time uh, and he wants no part of that. They the not to go back to the whole, you know, sell the team crap, but if you're still clinging to that, just look at what's going on in Washington. Look what's going on in Houston. Look what's going on in Cleveland now. Look what's going on in Chicago. <laughs> like Ownership is not a problem in Detroit. No. If you still no. think that, again, stop watching this podcast. It's not for you. <laughs> go, go, go somewhere else. Go away. Really quick, Jordy, Ben Johnson can be like Hank Fraley, the same position forever. I want, and I, I want just Detroit Lions, if you're listening, I want you to give him the run game coordinator title this year and all the money that goes with it because you need to keep that man. We saw. I it. want him to get the title that our friend Owen Reese had, the director of run establishment. <laughs> okay. You can throw that one in there too. At the University of Wisconsin Whitewater, that's that's my good friend Owen Reese. I will tell you that we We saw we saw Hank Fraley the first time in 2019 at the Senior Bowl, and immediately it was day it was the first day watching him work with those kids was. 
incredible. And we instantly, I mean, instantly it was like Sam and I were, we're sitting together. You were running around with probably with Owen and, and, and Sam and I were, 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 were sitting there. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. And when he came back, it was like, Riz, check this out. Check this out. And we were just yeah, in there and we were like, holy cow, this guy knows how to work. Look at him in there with those guys. And immediately we could tell that Hank Fraley was the guy and he has absolutely been the guy. And I was so excited that we've kept him. They need to give him the titles, give him the growth opportunities to make sure that he stays happy, that he earns, gets the money that he deserves and uh, he can grow too. But he's a guy, he's one of those guys that's such a key player. He's in there with Ben. I mean, he's, he's working it with, with, with Ben and Jared and all that. He's, he's a key part of that offense. Um, he's basically the run game coordinator now anyway. So just give him the title and the money, you know? Um, Anyway, that's it. And and last last piece I'll give you I'll give you guys out there and and you can say it's something else, but I don't think it's something else. There's a guy who everybody thought should be a head coach and have an opportunity and it's Eric Bieniemy, right? He's a super super talented cat and I don't think any team doesn't hire anybody um that's super talented cuz they want to win. They'll they'll hire anybody if they win. So I, I don't know that there's a, another reason. He's been Andy Reid's right-hand man and yep. running that offense and, and showing some creative flair within that being under Andy Reid's umbrella. It's uh, that's, that's one you're going to, you'll start hearing it when, when the hiring starts getting announced and he doesn't get hired again. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, again, I will reiterate though, being a good coordinator does not in any way qualify you to be a good head coach. And the NFL has caught on to that as well. You've got to have the organizational, the leadership, the the player development, the eyes for how to run an organization, management skills. There's a whole lot that goes beyond that. And I most, I'll leave Houston out of this. Most places have figured that out by now. <laughs> and that's why you're seeing guys that, maybe aren't like the hottest candidate. Um, ben Johnson might fit into that category as a guy who's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pick his brain. We're going to see what he likes offensively. We're going to have him evaluate our team free. That happens. You better believe that happens. That's how Mike Tomlin, uh, along with the Rooney rule, got his foot in at Pittsburgh. Well, so he told them, this is what I would do with your defense. And they're like, yeah, give me that. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so I have... that, and that, 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 that's how those things happen. John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. Um, for my money, he's probably the best outside of Bill Belichick, the best head coach in football. Um, and I will just parenthetically add his in-game coaching decisions have directly cost Baltimore two year um, and possibly three. Uh, and so, don't get too hard on Dan Campbell because even the best screw it up. Uh, but he was a guy was not really like the top candidate when Baltimore was looking, but his ability to show, okay, because I work with special teams, I know your offense. I know your defense. I know your personnel really well. He went in and explained, this is what I would do with your team. And they're like, yeah, do that. Here you go. Here's mm-hmm. the keys. Do it. Um, and he, he, that's, that's the kind of guy that the NFL is looking for now, much more than, the hot shot court offensive or defensive coordinator. I, I bring up D'Amico and I think he's going to get it because he has shown that he can do a, a variety of different things. He's coached every position on the defense. He, when he was a player, he was a captain in his second year on a damn good defense 
Like he's he's got that that sort of buildup. I see Kelvin Shepard following along in those steps, by the way. Yeah. I think we're not going to have Kelvin for very long, um, and let's enjoy him while we've got him because he has done a great job with developing Rodrigo and Barnes I think and Anzalone. There's going to be opportunities yeah. for him here. I think there will be, and I think he likes I agree. too, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, really quick, tra- let's get towards the, the the upcoming game. And we yes. have Tram 3. Didn't Goff beat Green Bay in the Green Bay in Green Bay in the NFC Championship game a few years ago, but no one's talking about it this week. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Goff can do this. He's done it. And, he, and the whole the cold game thing and all that, I, I, I don't even talk about it because it's such a um, – a silly thing, but let's get it first. Let let's me, start the let injury me, report. Let's let's do let the injury pull report. up the golf thing. You, you do the injury yeah, report yeah. while I look up golf here. So first off, Sean Elliott, he is limited practice today. He is back on the practice field. That really tells me, and especially with his uh, social media posts saying, you really think I was going to miss this? I really think Deshaun Elliott's back and he is needed. We need him so bad. In that safety position. He adds so much to the defense. So Deshaun Elliott coming back sounds really good. Evan Brown. Limited practice. It smells good for him coming back as well. Justin Jackson, full practice. That's great news to have him back. And uh, Ragnow did not practice. No big deal. He he never does until uh, right by game day. And yeah, he, uh, he'll, he'll he'll be limited on Friday and he'll play. And Kabinda is no not no practice. I don't know that we need Kabinda. I don't think he's a big loss. The real thing about this, I want to take away, and this is from the Slack, and I, I think it was Wisco. I got to give credit for for this. When you look at this injury report, this looks like a week one or week two injury report for the Lions. We are in great shape from an injury position. I mean, it doesn't mean that Deshaun Elliott isn't still dinged up a little. Everybody plays dinged up this time of the year. But to have an injury report that looks like this in week 18 is such great news. And I and I want to hearken back to one other thing that nobody's really kind of talked about this year. And I think it's been... Um, everyone talked about early and then after a pass, everyone kind of just instantly forgot that it was a thing. Our bye week was week six. We've played for 11 straight weeks without a break. This team coming into this game. That's pretty freaking crazy, bro. That many weeks and to be this healthy for this team. No one's talking about this. Everyone's like, oh, the bye week's early. And then it happens and no one remembers. <laughs> yeah, it has an effect. These guys have been grinding. We talk about strength and conditioning for this team and what's happened. It seems like there's definitely been a change this year in this team's strength and conditioning and their ability to stay healthy. There's something that people haven't talked about. They kind of follow the injury report, say, hey, it looks good this week. Hey, we're looking good. We haven't had a bye week in forever. This is really, really good news, not just from the health of the players. When Coach was talking about in Hard Knocks, talking about the players um, and hitting each other and saying, we do this to prevent injury. We do this because we care. We know it's hard. Da, 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 da. We're starting to see the fruits of that, guys, gals. We're starting to see the fruits of what that whole concept that came out of Coach Campbell was as to what he was trying to accomplish and what he wanted from this team coming into uh, the season and, and, and keeping them healthy. And it's, this is excellent. This is just great news across the board. Again, we talk about development of players, but the change in how the, these players have been able to stay healthy and how they've been able to do it with no bye week for so long is absolutely not been 
talked about anywhere in the media that I've seen. It's 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 really really important. Okay, so here we go. Let's line up for the, oh let's let's line up for the Packers game. Riz, I want to go back and I want to replay the um the 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 quote from Coach that because this quote this just sets up the whole conversation so well. The coach the quote from Coach ahead of the season he did this talk about the abyss on hard knocks and I want us to hear it one more time before we start talking about this game against Green Bay Packers. All right now. There's a number of teams, as it equates to, just bear with me, the ocean, right? There's a number of teams, they just barely get to the water. You gotta get in the water to compete. The number of teams, that's all they get to. Then there's a number of teams, they are in the shallows. And they come in a hurry, man, and they are all over your ass. They're all over your ass, and they strike and move. They strike and move, and they're dangerous, man. You just got to get a hold of them, though. If you can just get a hold of them and you start dragging their ass out to the deep, dark abyss, you can drown them. And that's what we got to be. That's who we have to be. Because that's our domain. Love the cello. That is our domain. Because we'll tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you. We'll go as long as it takes because we can and we choose to. That's who we are. That's who we have to be. Now, it goes without saying, the teams that are dangerous in the shallows and the abyss are probably the top four or five in this league. That's who they are. And that's what we're working to. That's what we're working to. And here we are. I'm going to turn that into the biggest hype auto you folks have ever seen. I'm telling you, you just wait. Um, But this is it. This is the setup for the game against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Final game of the season. Winner potentially goes to the playoffs. Detroit Lions here to take the torch out, to seize the torch from Aaron Rodgers' hands and take this dynasty turn, take this franchise turn, take it away from Green Bay and put the Lions flag at the top of the NFC North. That's what this game means. And this is incredible to be the very last game of the NFL season. The last game before the playoffs start is for all the marbles. And I don't care if Seattle wins or loses. This game is for all the marbles in our division and the future of this team and what it is. It means everything. Whoa, I'm freaking stoked, brother. Yeah. <laughs> So while you while you were having fun with this, and I enjoyed that very much, by the way, Chris, I look back at Jared Goff's playoffs. He's played the Packers once in the postseason. Uh, it was his last game in a Rams uniform. They lost thirty-two to eighteen in the uh, NFC Championship game or uh, divisional round. Uh, no, I, I don't know. What it Saturday, Saturday, January sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. Jared Goff went into Green Bay. They lost. Uh, he completed 21 of 27 passes for 174 yards and a touchdown, was sacked four times, had a QB rating of 105.9, um, did run for a first down as well. Uh, Josh Reynolds was his – Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods were his top receivers in that game. Van Jefferson had a heck of a game. Uh, you might remember this game. Uh, Rodgers was darn near perfect, uh, threw for 296 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, they got 109 or they got 99 yards from from uh, Aaron Jones they got 65 more from Jamal Williams uh, and they uh, uh, also won the penalty battle um 
there's just no running there for, for the Rams. So he played well in the game. I remember when we first got golf talking about that game, like the last impression of him was pretty good. Like nobody, nobody in Los Angeles blames Jared Goff for that loss. Um, the game that I think people are thinking of where he won, he won in New Orleans uh, in what was Drew Brees' last football game ever. Uh, and he played great in that game. Uh, the next week he was played the, in the Super Bowl in New England, did not play well in that game. But. Was that New Orleans game the game where the with the pass interference call that we saw in New Orleans airport? <laughs> we had a ski at a lot there. No, that was, that was Minnesota <laughs> yeah, against there. them a week before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll never forget that one. Oh my God, that was that was wild. <laughs> yeah, um, so Goff Goff in his postseason is three and three. Um, I'm actually going to write this for Lions Wire. Thank you for the ideas here, folks. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, in his career, uh, 57.3 completion percentage, 1300 yards, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions, been sacked 14 times. This is in six games. Has a career um, yards per attempt average of 6.6 in the postseason. Uh, real quick, I think that's right around his career average in the regular season, too. Uh, it would be uh, – no, he's at 7.4 uh, overall. By the way, 7.6 this year. Um, that's pretty good. It's a full yard better than it was last year. Um, average yards per attempt is up to 8.1 this year. Last year was 6.6. He's played well in the postseason, not all the time, and, and – other than the game against that he lost uh, against the Packers, he's never really been the reason why his team won or lost in a playoff game. Um, he's been fine outside. Uh, I don't. Get, I don't really get the whole like. I don't think people have ever been to San Francisco or, or Berkeley. Like it gets cold there. Like they have crappy weather up there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Sam Darnold playing in SoCal his entire life. Or Vince Young never played, never seeing snow until he was 25 years old. Like, this isn't that guy. <laughs> All right, let's look ahead of this. We are one win away from the first winning record since 2017 for this team. And, and when I talk about wanting so badly to be able to do a post-game show for a playoff win, last playoff appearance was 2014 or playoff game. Last playoff appearance was 2014. We started the podcast in the spring after that. <laughs> so the entirety, is it our fault? <laughs> the entirety of the, the drought has been while we've done this show. And I am so, so excited about that. Oh, okay. So There's let's talk about. Like, like the playoffs, man. I, I, I've been blessed. I got to cover the Browns when they did their playoff run in 2020. I got to cover the Texans when they did their, their run. Um, unfortunately, they had the massive loss after they were blowing up Kansas city. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just different. It's so much fun. I, I, I think we've forgotten as fans, how much fun being in a postseason game, is. even if you do not have expectations of winning. And I, by the way, I, I think if the lions get in this, they're, they're playing as well as anybody in the NFC right now. And if they beat the Packers in green Bay to get there, they're, they're not going to go away easy. Um, they might not be expected to win, but they're certainly not going to be a team that well, America is going to look at the Detroit Lions and think, man, they, they've played really good football lately. If the, Lions, this. if the Lions beat the Packers, they become the underdog darlings for sure. Uh, everyone is going to harken much back like to the, the Bengals New York Giants. were last year. Everyone's yeah, going to harken much back the to the way Giants. That, that Cincinnati did it a year ago. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, yeah. it's it's going to be very much um, that re. It, it's the story of rebirth. It's going to be so great. And look, here's one thing I want to prepare people for, it, and I'm not putting anything out there. But if they don't win this game, it doesn't mean that all of those things aren't still true, and that the the, the torch right. hasn't passed, and next year is not going to be different. Because I think everybody knows that Green Bay is going to lose in the playoffs relatively early again. They're just not that team, right? They, it, it, and it's their, it's their MO. They get in and they they're play. playing better lately, for sure. Mm-hmm. Give them their credit. But they always do at the end of the they, year. They, they yeah. always, R-E-L-A-X, right? The whole thing every year. Oh, i got to run the table. Oh, yeah, things came together. Okay, cool. Happens every time, whatever. That's it. But I'm, I'm so excited about this team, where we are right now. Remember this moment. Just no matter what happens this game, remember this moment and how much fun you're having with a team how much joy they've brought to your life and compare it to a year and a half ago remember when we fired matt patricia two years ago imagine remember what you felt then versus what you feel right now about this team as a fan and i think you'll see a significant difference but you'll see that that trajectory is in the right space i want this team to win i expect them to win it's not going to be an easy game there's a lot that they have to overcome to pull this off but they have it in them and man oh man oh man if they do (laughs) all right let's talk about it the packers o-line um really really strong they've they've got a they've got a strong offensive i'll say strong i'm not going to say great they're they're very good right um They've got really strong wide receivers. Uh, Christian Watson's their top, but he we know Riz can be a dropper, but he's come on. He's been able, able to hold on to the balls. Uh, it is going to be cold, so we'll see how that how that works for him. Um, but Rodgers obviously is the key to everything. If he starts, he's he's always dangerous to the very very end, right? He's always uh, dangerous to the very end, but you can get in his head. You can break Aaron Rodgers, and we've seen it. Last year, after a half, they broke him, and they turned around and said, oh, well, we're just resting our guys for the second half of the game. And they got stomped the next week and, t- and, and tossed from the playoffs because they knew they were really humiliated by the by the Lions, and they just had excuses as to why they weren't. Um, we have to contain him, and in and, and containing him, can we cover? And that, I think, is going to be the biggest area, uh, the biggest gap for us because um, – I, I just I'm I'm really nervous about um, Okuda and Jerry against these wideouts because these these are good guys in in Watson and Lazard uh, Cobb also all running seventy low seventies PFF scores um, good good wide receivers and of course Aaron Rodgers is is a great quarterback we just have to be able to stack up against him and I'm I'm, I'm worried we're our guys are going to need help that's why. Um, Deshaun Elliott coming back is one of the the, the big things. Having Kirby able be to be very able, nice because yeah. if Kirby he plays, <laughs> that helps against Aaron Jones. And when Aaron Jones is going off and he's played really well lately as their running back, and I don't think he gets enough credit around the league, he's a very very good running back. He is capable of ruining your day on his own, even if Aaron Rodgers isn't. Aaron Jones can can destroy you. And Deshaun Elliott coming back helps mitigate that. And I, I really hope that that happens because uh, the Lions do pretty well against one-handed teams. Chicago obviously couldn't throw the ball. Their wide, again, their wide receivers are trash, trash. Yep. And they couldn't protect Justin Fields. If Aaron Rodgers, if he can, if he can like give the ball to Aaron Jones and they run, 
And then he's got the, also the ability to pass it. That's that's a tall order for this young yeah. defense. Yeah. They can do it. They're up for it. They did it earlier in that, the season. That's asking, that's asking a hell of a lot, man. So uh, the ability to shut down the run, I think, will be very critical there because then you're asking Aaron Rodgers to be in second and nine, third and eight. Maybe there's a holding penalty that says third and 12, things like that. Yep. That's how you beat them. And you get your defense off the field. You make a play. You get a strip sack. Yep. Uh, they haven't seen James Houston yet. He didn't play in the first game. Yeah, They haven't seen this new look Lions defense. Uh, they, they, that, that's actually where the, where the defense really started to play well was uh, that week and the, and the game before it. Like We held them, we held them to nine last time. Yep. Now, they are playing much better since then. They're healthier than they were then. But yep. uh, the, the Lions, they have the ability to go in and, and win this game with their defense. But it, like Dan, Dan loves to talk about complimentary football. You've got to have that to win this game. Your offense has to have at least its B game. Your defense has to have at least its B game. And your special teams has to beat their special teams. Yep. That's, and look at, look at their special teams, what they did last week. That game broke open on that kick return. Yep. All right. Uh, obviously, Minnesota gave up after that, but you know that that, that it's it's not going to be easy, but it's certainly doable based on how we're playing right now. So, uh, Chris and Jeff, which team of the Lions played this year that's closest to what they might face with Green Bay? It's Green Bay, brother. I mean, if you think about it, like yeah. they basically run like a five-two-four defense, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a really interesting kind of to set up. Um, those those outside linebackers are basically playing, you know, on the line. Um, it's yeah. interesting to watch these guys, this this defense play. I don't know that there's another one that plays like them. When their defense is running, it's running well. When it's not, it's it's real shit show. Um, for their our safeties off- are not good. No, no, no. But of course, I mean they've got Jair right, <laughs> and uh, and Douglas, and those are two strong cornerbacks. Too strong. Jair played great last. He played great last week. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick K Walker. Um, not that he's okay. He's not great as a wide as a, as a, as a linebacker. Campbell's uh, okay. definitely stronger. Devon, Devondre is very good. Uh, Kenny Clark up front is great. Mm-hmm. They, they they bring waves up there. They're uh, they're they're formidable. Um, but we've I think got an offensive actually, line that gives us the best chance against those exactly, guys. I mean, that's a strength exactly against right. strength matchup right there. Their defensive line against our offensive line. And they may, this is, this is if I'm scheming, if I'm then, I don't bring, I don't play that five-man front, actually. I pull one of my linebackers back into coverage because, look, why? I mean, you can do strength against strength and see how it works out. But once you go into coverage, it, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble for the Lions. It absolutely is. If, if one of your outside linebackers can cover the, the zone blitz concepts that you're talking about, that's and that has given golf trouble in the past yep. back to college. Um, that's that's just not where he's great at it. Um, yes, it's, it's a good defense and yep. they have talent. They haven't always played to their talent on defense this year, but they have gotten it better in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last time we played them was they were in the midst of a they they were having a lot of injuries on their back end and they they were struggling they have they have righted their ship yep. so uh, fun, fun. Uh, if the lions win this it's because they earned it uh, th- i don't expect the packers to give the game away i don't think that i, I think that aaron rodgers is going to play well but the lions again they have the firepower they have the yep. ability they really do they can go in and win this game yep 
They can. Yep. Doesn't mean they will, but they can. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them try. I really Flounder, am. Flounder asked uh, how many hard knocks teams made the playoffs. Six. Six teams have made the, yeah. the playoffs. Uh, JMO out there it would be huge, especially there is no Another film. variable that they haven't seen. No film on him and he gets out all of a sudden he starts taking out you put alexander in a safety because you want safety help against jamo uh, that opens up the the offense in a whole nother way right and and, and you don't it, again he can be if, if they don't feel like they have the chemistry he can be a hell of a decoy remember when calvin was basically on one leg and played a whole game as a decoy he made a huge difference we won that game didn't we if i remember right we won we that game and it was strictly because we had a threat that they knew they couldn't leave him alone yep. jmo is very much very much possible to play that kind of role if they don't feel like the chemistry is there yet um i hope the chemistry is there i hope to see jmo running just I hope it's good. It, it was not good. It wasn't good last week, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they they have more time to work on it. Yep, yep, yep. They still found a way to use him last week, though, and I was happy about that. Yeah, that, and, and boy, was that beautiful. Boy, was that beautiful. When he turned that corner, holy crap! Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Woof. All right, there we go. So, um, anything else that uh, we want to cover against the about this Packers game? Any matchups or anything to watch I, out for, Riz? Um, no, I, uh, I I assume that Scott's going to do a preview video for he us. He absolutely will. Bischoff will do it. He's he, by the way, he's getting better at those every week. Yeah, yeah. Scott, you're you're killing it, buddy. Yep. If you're watching right now, if you hear this later, you're doing a really really good job. I love, love having you on the team, buddy. Yep, yep. And and it's this is great because Scott's really just kind of started with what he's doing, kind of getting his leg, getting used to working with us and, and doing it. But you're gonna again when we get to this off season and kick off and really start finding him a nice. Uh, a solid spot in the draft coverage and then in, in on the team. You guys are going to love what he brings. I mean, when you see him on the uh, the uh, St. Jude show when we had him on, people absolutely loved. Like, they all of a sudden saw who Scott was and got a taste of it, right? I mean, there's just so much so much good stuff coming. I can't yeah. wait. Scott, Scott and I have been good friends for a very long time, uh, and we celebrate the fact that we do not see players the same way. Uh, and we, we've worked together that way before. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to go through it. Yep, um, yep. it. It's debate without acrimony. And yep. that's 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 where you get really, really good content. And that's, that's what we're going to bring to you. Lions is four and a half point underdogs is just disrespectful. You, you know, you get three points for being the I don't home think team. so. Yeah, so, yeah I think that's point fair. I'm okay with that. Um, big old FTP. And I think everyone is just FTP in the chat. <laughs> I was just scrolling. I normally can't even see that, but I can see. I can read it. I don't have my readers on, but I can hit, see that. Like, everyone hit the chat with an F- FTP right now. FTP, 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 FTP. And uh, let's get the big uh, the likes and subscribes in. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for joining us. We got a lot of stuff going on. We have the preview coming up. We have the post game show, and then we'll start the post season post game shows. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Let's get this going. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the ultimate, most intelligent chat on the internet, the Lions Slack uh, for $5 a month on the donation okay. side. Get in there and do that with us. We appreciate you for doing that. Also at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. Follow us on Twitter. You, you get all the latest, greatest, all the cool and important information about showtimes, everything else that's going on. We appreciate that when you do that. Uh, thank you, Flounder. Um, well, I'm going to roll through these really quick. We'll start with Flounder. Thanks for the super chat, Flounder. And then we'll hit the boom, 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 boom. <laughs> 
<laughs> just rock on the FTPs. You guys are the best gals. The entire uh, screen's like way up for <laughs> give, give us a Love call on the Lions line. Uh, it's 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384-248-RUB-U-FUG. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why would you do that, Riz? Why would you subscribe to the podcast? So I can come into your ear holes automatically. There you go. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we are your Detroit Lions in Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll see you after the Lions victory. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.